Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Ready for this. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast, between your sports talk and long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. We did a Mets episode earlier in the week. We talked to Michael Barron of Just Mets. A lot of fun stuff coming out of that conversation that was up on Monday. It's still in your podcast feeds. Today, we're going to do our NFL picks. I know I promised Alex Fasano last week. Scheduling issues popped up. We could not make a date work this week. Fortunately, we got our resident Jaguars fan, Sandra Rosa, to step up here. And good timing, given the Urban Meyer resignation from the Jaguars. Talk all about that. Make some picks in just a bit. We're also going to lock into the end of the show for the two-minute drill. We talk about, unfortunately, COVID again. It is really becoming a problem for sports, especially the Omicron variant. Starting to spread like wildfire in the U.S. The NFL, NHL, NBA, college basketball, all severely impacted right now. I'll wait on that at the end of the show, but... Okay, I'll start here with our opening tip. We're going to look ahead to week 15 of the NFL season right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. And here we go. All right, opening tip here, talking NFL football week 15, and there's honestly no point rehashing the Jets or Giants individually at this point. Think about how bad the league is right now. You have, of 32 teams, 26 enter week 15 within one game of a playoff spot. A lot of that is due to parity, which is fantastic. Only six teams in the league are not in the playoff hunt right now. Two of them play in this town. That tells you how bad football is here. The Jets, we know about the injuries. No defense is bad. Zach Wilson has to get better. I know we didn't have Corey Davis. I know we didn't have Elijah Moore or Michael Carter on Sunday, but you still can't be skipping balls that are catchable or missing the short passes. That's got to get fixed. And the Giants, they got embarrassed again out in Los Angeles. They had that fake second-half comeback and make it more respectable. We got Joe Judge giving 1,600-word answers to the press about how he's building a plan and how we've seen a lot of progress in the results and that he has a vision he's going to follow. I think, honestly, with them, it's scary the fact that it sounds like right now that he's going to come back. And it sounds like John Mara, according to SNY's Ralph Vacchiano, thinks that they found their Bill Belichick or their Bill Parcells with Joe Judge. If you think that's the case, you are not watching football, sir. You know what this team has looked like over the past year and a half. This team, this coach was 10 and 19 entering this week. There's a lot of work to do here. The Jets at least are moving the right direction. You have a question with the quarterback for sure, but I think they at least know where they're going. The Giants don't. That's a problem. Here's what you actually have to watch for in week 15. You go to Saturday. You have a Saturday football solid doubleheader. The Browns come out that big win against Baltimore. They had their own COVID issues. They had a bunch of guys placed on the COVID list at the beginning of the week. They host the Raiders at 430 to try to get pushed for first place in the AFC North. The Raiders are fading fast. They are still in that AFC wildcard, the 6-7. and seven. Remember the top spot there is 7-6, so, you know, they can say, hey, run the table, something can happen. They have to win this game. 
That game is a good one. The Patriots and the Colts. Both teams coming off their bye weeks. And he needs a win here to keep pace in that wild card hunt because right now they're in it, but still have a bit of tough work down the stretch here to do. New England, I'm the one seed right now. They have a head-to-head over Tennessee. They have a better contract than Kansas City. They're trying to maintain that one seed. We know they can win in tough road environments. They did in Buffalo a couple weeks ago when the wind was swirling. They just said, Mac Jones, you're not playing today. You're going to throw three times. We're going to run the entire game. They still won. The question here in New England, can they slow down Jonathan Taylor? Bill Belichick's made a point throughout his career, take away the best player on the other team. That is Jonathan Taylor. He is a guy who can wreck games. Just ask the Bills, ran for five, got five touchdowns, 185 yards on the ground. If Jonathan Taylor wins that game, it'll be a very interesting spot to be here. On Sunday, the locals are in action. They are playing games where the other team has playoff implications. Jets are going out of Miami. The Dolphins go over their sixth straight win, coming off the bye. The Jets might get healthier. It sounds like you might get back a... Both Michael Carters, you could get back Bryce Huff, but they're still down too many guys. And the Dolphins are, are hot. They need this game. I think they could get it. Giants host the Cowboys. Cowboys nearly gave away their game against Washington in the fourth quarter. They had a brutal stretch run. They're going to sure it's not going to happen again. And John Mara, when you consider the fact that you have your new Bill Belichick on the staff already and Joe Judge, look around your stadium on Sunday when it's about 80% Cowboy fans. Look how fun that is for you. See what that has been like. It's going to keep happening. So we'll throw it out there. Washington, Philly, two other teams in the NFC East in the wild card hunt. First of two meetings here. They meet again in a couple of weeks, but the loser of this game is big trouble because you're going to put yourself further back in divisions. you got to get out of the division tiebreaker first. Washington, six and seven right now. They are clinging to all those last spots here based on like tiebreakers, but you don't know if Taylor Heineke's going to do well, in this game, he left the last game with injury. Philly, Jalen Hurts didn't play against the Jets. Should be healthy here. They have a lot of issues with running back. These are not great teams, but whoever wins is going to be right in the wild card hunt, so keep an eye on it. The Titans took care of business. They beat the Jacks 20 nothing in Week 14 to get back on the horse. Big game for them. They had to Pittsburgh take on the Steelers. This is a bigger spot for Pittsburgh. How they respond after that roller coaster game in Minnesota last week? The Steelers were down 29 nothing, came all the way back, had a chance in the last minute to tie the game, go for the touchdown there. Ben Roethlisberger threw a nice pass to Pat Fryer move, got broken up in the end zone. I think here this is the spot where Pittsburgh, also still very much in the north. The Ravens are the lead there, 8-5. Pittsburgh has beaten the Ravens once. That tie against the Lions could end up helping them if it comes down to winning percentage scenarios here. They have to get this game. For Tennessee, I know you got... Guy's still hurt. Julio Jones just came back. You still don't have A.J. Brown. Still no Derrick Henry, but can I get a little more against the Jags? That Jags team's not good. You only won 20 nothing. Let's see what's going on here, Tennessee. A lot of wild card injury in that 4 o'clock window, too, with the Bengals-Broncos game out in Denver, and that's two well-positioned AFC wildcard teams. Denver, I can't get a feel of. They had this big emotional win last week in the... Tragically, they're playing after they find out that former franchise like icon Demarius Thomas died at 33 years old. Lions are shorthanded. Denver is basically alternating wins and losses right now. Cincinnati comes in this game. They found themselves way down against the 49ers at home, came back, forced overtime, got the field goal, and then at the end, they gave up a touchdown that couldn't stop George Kittle. Denver's not a tight end issue, but at the same time here, I don't know. How good Cincinnati is to win on this game on the road? I would lighten them if I'm making the pick here. I'm not sure if I'm going that way yet, but 
Cincinnati, Denver, very key game in the AFC hunt. Also in 4 o'clock window, the Falcons 49ers. There's a tire game. Atlanta won over Carolina last week. Did not beat many good teams here. They go on the road, face their old OC, Kyle Shanahan, now the Niner coach. 49ers should be good to go here. They should take care of it this year, but again, just weeks left in the season. You don't know how cold it's going to go, so better pick up these wins when you can. The game of the day, Packers-Ravens. Right now, Lamar Jackson's availability here is uncertain because he hurt his ankle against the Browns, had to leave the game, couldn't come back in. Baltimore is fading right now. Remember a couple weeks ago, they went for two against the Steelers trying to go for the win. They didn't get it. Lost that game. Now they lost to the Browns last week after Jackson got hurt. That's the fine way to stabilize the ship here. They want to stay in the playoff hunt. Green Bay right now in the one seed. They're going over home field in the NFC. Spot where, yes, they are going on the road. Playing at M&T is a tough environment, but I would like their chances here. Side of football, Bucks Saints. New Orleans have to play a lot better than they did against the Jets to beat Tampa Bay. They don't have James Winston. The Saints basically said to the Jets, hey, we're going to run the football all day. And that worked. That's not going to work against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is one of the best teams in the league in stopping the run. You beat Tampa by throwing on them. Josh Allen did that and nearly did it last week. If Tampa is able to take New Orleans running him out, this game's going to be over quick. The Monday night game is Vikings-Bears. It's not look great on paper. I'm telling you right now. This game's going to be fascinating. The Vikings are the heart attack team of the season. They cannot play close games and win running away. We saw last week 29 nothing up against the Steelers. That way, make it interesting. They had so many games go down to the gun. They had so many games just be dramatic wins or heartbreaking losses. This game's going to be close in spite of what it should be. And I would love to pick the Raider Vikings fan. I know a couple of them try and get a hold of them and say, hey, what is it like watching this team? Because they are literally taking years off people's lives. I see a fun week. We will get to more fun with the NFL picks right after this. Show me the money. All right, show me the money. NFL picks for week number 15 here on the podcast. I know last week I said Alex Osano was going to come on, but scheduling issues happened. We couldn't make it work out, unfortunately. We'll try and get him back later in the year. But luckily, we did get a very quality pinch hitter here, our Resident Jacksonville Jaguars fan, Sandra Rose is here. Sam, how are you? Uh, well, great with an asterisk attached to the great. Yeah. And it's also fortunate time we got you on here because <laughs> of the big breaking news of the week. That Urban Meyer has been fired by the Jaguars after 13 weeks into a five-year contract. And this was just insanity what's happening down there. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, for anybody who's not a fan of the Jaguars or doesn't really pay attention, this is like probably the most Jacksonville Jaguars thing to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you saw the report from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero last week, and he's talking about how like he's getting into fights with Marvin Jones. He's calling his staff losers and saying that they need to defend their resumes and that he's benching James Robinson and then lying about it. And then I think the the backbreaker was that we found out yesterday that he kicked Josh Lambeau in preseason and basically said, I can kick you whenever the, whenever the F I want. And I'm just sitting there. I read these reports. I'm just thinking, oh, my God. Like, what the hell happened? I don't know. He ever since 
he got in trouble with the bar. I feel like he's just gone completely unhinged, just completely like let loose, just did whatever the heck he wanted. Like it, I don't know. It was God awful the entire 13 weeks. Yeah. And I think I'm glad for you that Shad Khan fired him because there was no bringing him back and actually redeeming that situation whatsoever. But I do no. want to point out one thing here that does drive me crazy. I remember, I don't know if you remember last year when the Jets were in the lead for the top pick the whole time and we had all the media guys going, you can't let him go to the Jets. He's going to ruin his life. He should go back to school, avoid the Jets. Look where he ended up. No offense. I mean, honestly, that's the case everybody's making online, like on television. So, I mean, I'm not taking any offense to it. This poor kid is like struggling. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for you because the football is in so bad this year. I mean, they scored what, like nine points a game over the last seven games. Yeah. It's, it's literally, I, it's cringeworthy. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. And the one wheel, I think was a nine, six over the build. I still have no idea how they won that game. Me neither, but it's again very Jacksonville Jaguars esque. Like they do this, they like they play well sometimes, and then they beat this big team, and then boom, there's the rest of the season like barely any other wins. Yeah, and they're two and eleven. So Urban did double the team's win total from a year ago, which is not a big accomplishment. But I gotta say, it's not great this year for sure. Oh no, it's it's I can't I can't even I can't. There's honestly nothing to say positive about this team except for the fact that our Meyer is now gone I guess so if we so far it's not in the positive category we'll see how this week turns out yeah and this week they do play the Houston Texans and what might be the worst NFL game of the season the two two and 11 teams playing each other here and the Jaguars are favoring this game because they're at home they lost to Houston week one do you think they can win this game uh yeah I don't know if you want me to start going into everything or not, hold not, off not yet just give me your general take but uh, I, I do think they're going to win. Um, you know, I'll get into more of it later. But I, I think that because of all these changes and I think it's going to be a locker room mood switch and it's going to light a fire um, under some people's butts. So, yeah, I, mean, I know we were on day recording. They were having a press conference at the interim coach, Daryl Bevel, and they asked about the running back, James Robinson. He was probably their best offensive player and Urban Meyer hated him for some reason. And he came out and said, basically, like, He's our feature back, and he, we're going to act like it. And then I think everywhere, everybody was just so excited. All his fantasy football owners were sitting there just, you know, going. They were all, all in on this. Yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to, like, listen to the whole thing, but the takeaways on Twitter seem to say that, like, the whole locker room is all behind um, the coach now. And I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, everybody can rally around it. Yeah, for sure. Let's get to the picks. The reason why you're here right now. Our good friend Martino Puccio was here last week. He went two and one on the week. He won with the Broncos laying nine and a half against the Lions. They won that game running away. He won with the Buccaneers laying three at home against the Bills. They won that game in overtime. He had the Steelers getting three on Thursday Night Football. That game was wild. He almost got it pulled out at the end, but he lost. So two and one for Martino. Well, that's better than what I think my picks are going to be, but <laughs> I picked them and I'm going to stand by them. <laughs> Well, he did better than me last week. I went just one and two. I had Washington plus four. I thought I was going to get that when they were charging back as the Cowboys, but they couldn't finish the comeback off. I did win with the Packers laying the 12 and a half against the Bears. That one, Aaron Rodgers does still own them. That helps. And I did lose Monday night with the Cardinals laying the two and a half against the Rams. So one and two on the week. Eh, you know, it might be better than my 0 and three. So yeah. 
We'll, we'll see here. On the year, Team Challengers are 17, 24, and 1. So there's still one tie in there. I'm 21 and 21. I can never seem to get more than like a game or two above 500 this year. I've been hanging out there. Hey, maybe the rest of the season it will turn around for you. Yeah, for sure. And let's go ahead. Let's get to the NFL picks now. You are the guest, so you can go first. Where are you going with pick number one? All right, pick number one, I'm going to do uh, Steelers uh, plus one and a half over the Titans. Uh, Tennessee, I know they played the Jaguars, uh, you know, last game uh, and with a shutout, a 20 to zero. But I, I think that they're not going to be able to pull through. They played an easy team, let's be honest, and that they you know, Jacksonville turned the ball over four times and they can only score 20 points. So I don't think so. And for Pittsburgh, I think they absolutely need this win after Minnesota. Um, Roethlisberger had a good game last week. You know, he threw for three touchdowns and I, I don't think he needs to do more than that to win against Tennessee. Yeah, I like that pick. It's a good start for you for pick number one. Where are you going pick number two? Pick number two, I got the Chicago Bears uh, plus three and a half over the Minnesota Vikings. I know this is a weird one. I know there's a lot of structural uh, changes going on with the Bears. Uh, so, you know, I think that a lot is at stake for the head coach, the, you know, GM, everything. So I think that they're going to be like, you know, igniting the fire and getting everybody all pumped up for the game so they can take away from Minnesota, who has only a 30 36% chance to win. Uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, there's going to be a little too much pressure on Cousins to play well, and plus they're playing at home, and you know that Chicago Stadium is gonna be very alive. Yeah, I will say about that game is like I didn't pick it, but not I don't hate the take on the Bears here because picking Minnesota is like going on a heart attack ride every time you watch them play their games this year. They are a mess, and Kirk Cousins in prime time is a unmitigated disaster. So I can I can support that. Yeah, and then also, like, I saw this thing online. It's like, historically, they've played poorly against the Bears for 20 years, except for last year. Yeah. So, you know, odds are, you know, they might continuously play bad. All right, let's pick number two. We're going with your last pick of the week. Pick number three. All right, you know, we're circling on back. Nice big circle. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, minus three and a half over the Houston Texans. Uh, fun fact about this, there's barely any statistical analysis for like how, you know, to guess a good way against these teams because they both stink. They're both two and 11. Uh, the only thing of substance I could truly find was, which I thought was more funny than actual evidence, uh, is Mills has eight interceptions where Lawrence has 14. But the only reason why Mills has eight interceptions is because he only played nine games. So it's kind of like, who's going to throw it to who? And it's going to be one of those kinds of games. So, but, you know, again, Jacksonville Jaguars, I, you know, I think Bevel will have a good influence on them this week and that they're going to have this like one last, and I mean it, one last win uh, for the season. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat my words for the le next four weeks, but boom, those are my takes. All right. So I, I, I kind of like that pick with the Jags. This is now the Meyer situation. Happy he's gone. There might be some fresh air there. The team might respond. I think that's a good, good decision. That was a little tricky, but I do like the pick. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm up. You're on the board. I'm up now. Pick number one. We're going to make it a family play. I'm going to join you taking the Steelers, getting the point and a half against the uh, Tennessee Titans. And this is one of my favorite plays of the week because Tennessee, you mentioned, they played your team last week. They struggled. They only won 20 nothing. It's like the fact that Jack gave them four turnovers. And Pittsburgh is in a spot here. They need to win this football game. They are playing at home. They are home underdogs. They usually play well in those spots. And Tennessee, I don't know if they have enough back yet to take on the Steelers here. The Steelers' defense is very good. I'm getting points at home. I think they're going to win the game outright and stay in the north. I'm going to take the Steelers and make this a family play. 
Yeah, I honestly think if the defense stays true and well, that they'll they'll definitely win. All right, let's pick number one. Pick number two. I'm going to Sunday Night Football. I'm going to take the Bucks laying ten and a half against the Saints at home. And I watched the Saints closely last night play my team. They could not throw the ball. Taysom Hill cannot throw. He has a broken finger. He's playing through it. They ran the ball down the Jets' throats and won that game. You can't do that against Tampa. Tampa's one of the best run Ds in the league. Tampa's playing for the division here. They could win the NFC South on Sunday night. I think this is the spot here. They're going to put a big number up. They have motivations. They lost the Saints earlier this year. This is going to be a blowout. I'm going to take the points with lay the points of the Buccaneers pick two. Uh, that's a great one. I totally agree with that, especially because I know Tom Brady's out for blood. So he's ready to he's ready to clinch. All right, that's pick number two. Pick number three. This is a desperation spot here. I'm going to take the Bills laying 10 and a half at home against the Panthers. And I think Carolina is in trouble. They have no quarterback to speak of right now. Christian McCaffrey's done for the year. Buffalo showed me something when they came back against Tampa. They were down a lot. They almost won the game in overtime and ended up losing here. I think they come out here and they steamroll the Panthers. This is a spot they have to get a win. They're barely in the wild card spot right now. 10 has a big number. I think they're going to win big, though. I think this is a bad spot for the Panthers. Buffalo at home, laying a 10 and a half last pick. Man, that's a big one. But, you know, I say more power to you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. All right, so to reset the picks here, Sam's gone with the Steelers plus one and a half at home against the Titans. The Bears plus three and a half on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. And her Jaguars laying three and a half against the Houston Texans. I made a family play with the Steelers plus one and a half. I also laid the big wood here. Bucks minus 10 and a half against the New Orleans Saints and the Buffalo Bills laying 10 and a half at home against the Carolina Panthers. Those are your picks for week number 15 on the podcast. Coming up next week, I'm going to bring in the great Joe Dalvey. the host of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. His Packers are playing on Christmas Day. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. They are playing the COVID-addled Cleveland Browns next week. So hopefully by then the Browns will have some of their players back for that game. Yeah, or they're going to be having like, you know, you know, like the water boy playing. Yeah, that's such a mess. But I'll get to that in a minute in the two-minute drill. Sam, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Before I let you go, if you follow on social media, I'll keep up with what you're up to. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at S-D-E-R-O-S-5 or on TikTok at Salmon Sports. All right, Sam, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. The two-minute drill. All right, two-minute drill time. Got to unfortunately talk about the COVID thing like once again because we thought we were getting past this. We had the vaccine. All the players were starting to get it. We had a couple of holdouts in the NFL who were being vocal about, you know, whatever. But now with this Omicron variant coming here, which supposedly, according to the doc- doctors and the scientists, can infect you even if you had two shots of the vaccine, we're having problems now. A lot of people got their two shots months ago. They have almost no ability to protect themselves against Omicron. This week, if you have been on social media, if you've been on Twitter, it feels like your entire timeline is somebody's in the protocol. This game's getting postponed. This person's a close contact. We're getting through all that again at a record rate. The NFL has been absurd with this. I mean, the poor Cleveland Browns, they're supposed to play in a Saturday standalone game against the Raiders. They have 20 players as of recording in the COVID protocols, including two quarterbacks, starting quarterback Baker Mayfield and backup Case Keenum. So uh, if that game was to start on time, they're down to their third stringer. That's not great. Simply put, there is no reason this game should be getting played as it is. If 
as the NFL has said, they care about the safety of the players and the fans and whatnot. The Rams, as I'm recording, as Peter Schrager just tweeted out, they have 25 different players on the COVID list. 25. And the game's on. What the hell is wrong here? Something is getting absurd. I mean, this is not just for the fans who want to watch the best product. They're not getting it because all these guys have COVID and can't play. You are seeing money being impacted, whether it's the betting lines or the fantasy football situation. I mean, I'm in a league. I'm recording on Thursday. I'm in the playoffs. I'm hosting the 3-6 game, and I lost Jalen Waddle and Tyler Lockett to the COVID list. So odds are I'm losing this week. It's fantastic. A lot of money on the line, and that's going down. You had that happening. The NHL, the Islanders have an outbreak. The Calgary Flames are shut down. The Hurricanes have an outbreak. The NBA, the Nets are have playing with seven guys in COVID protocol. The Bulls played a while with COVID protocol. Guys were getting shut down. College basketball is having issues. I mean, I was talking last week with Troy Moriello about the outstanding Saturday college basketball. It's getting blown up as we speak. The Ohio State. Uh, Kentucky game got canceled because Ohio State had COVID issues. Seton Hall, Iona got canceled because Seton Hall had COVID issues. You had COVID issues with UCLA, had to cancel two games, and now they're most likely out of the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday. It just gets to the point where you're sitting there watching all this go on here and just going, Oh my God! It's absurd. You're sitting there again. Like, at what point do these leagues sit here and say, we have a problem? And I know right now they're all talking about changing their protocols. The NBA is working on more testing. And I think more testing happy to be the short-term answer. They want to stay on the field because once the vaccine got in, one of the perks they offered the players was, oh, if you get vaccinated, you don't have to get tested every day, so once a week. Now with this Omicron, that changes things. you got to test these guys all the time if you want to have a chance of preventing these outbreaks that are canceling games. I know there's going to be the question of, oh, a lot of these guys are asymptomatic. They don't have symptoms. Like, shouldn't we just let them play because they feel fine they're sitting at home? That's something I think is going to be discussed going forward here. But then again, you have to worry about the cooperation of the medical community and the local officials because if you're putting known COVID positive guys out there who don't have symptoms and they're spreading it potentially, that leads to more problems down the road. It just makes you wonder here if... There is a point where these numbers get so big and so out of control that you're sitting here and these leagues, whether it's, I don't think it's been the NFL. The NFL seems determined to plow forward whatever means necessary. They are four weeks after the regular season. They have another month or so of playoffs. So they're determined to plow through because they're going to just do what they have to get done. You're talking about the NBA and the NHL. They have regular seasons that make a lot of money. You wonder at some point, do they say, hey, we're going to put the league on pause for two weeks, try to encourage as many guys as possible to get COVID boosters, and then hopefully the cases start slowing down, we come back and we limit crowds and so on and so forth. That's something that's got to be considered. The NHL is in a trickier spot because you have all the, the water crossing to Canada. And we saw that the Bronx Ontario has already started limiting fans to 50% capacity for those games. I think the thing that's going to come out here clearly is that there's no way the NHL send their players to the Olympics anymore. There are reports that if the players go over there and they test positive and it's confirmed, they have to quarantine in Beijing for three to five weeks. 
which is not going to fly with this league. Because imagine if for a second, Artemi Panarin plays for Team Russia. It just seems unlikely given the whole kerfuffle last year. Let's say it happens. He goes over to Beijing. He tests positive for COVID. He's gone for five weeks. The Rangers are in first place in the Metro. Do they be happy not having Panarin for five weeks? Even with the three-week break? I think what's happened there is that the league is going to end up saying, we need those three weeks to reschedule all these games because there are a lot of games starting to pile up that are being postponed. I think that's going to be the out. I think it's going to take it. But again, what is that line? When is it too much? When do we have too much COVID floating around here? It's just, it's just mind-numbingly frustrating. Oh, my God! And with that, I want to wrap up this week's second show. I want to thank my guest, Sam DeRosa, for stepping in to do the Week 15 NFL picks. You want to stuff like this podcast, including my look at the Mets managerial candidates. Again, that search is winding down. We looks like Buck Shoulder's still the favorite. We'll see what happens with there. Check out my rankings over at the blog, justinthesuffering.wordpress.com. You'll subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all your usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering, your favorite podcast platforms, and find all episodes there. Feel free your feedback and star rings as well. Help with the podcast even better going forward. You can also check out my YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. The video version of this week's pick segment is up on YouTube. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that's going to do it for this week on the podcast. Coming up next week, we're going to have a two special here. Sky Guys are back with a Book of All Bet preview. The holiday special is coming up as well and more. Until I hope you have a better week than the Bills fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.